Welcome back to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Marvel's Hawkeye. No way! Is it time? It's time. All right, Kate. Let's give him hell. Welcome to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for Hawkeye Episode 6, the season finale titled, So This Is Christmas? If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, well, go do that, and then come right back to join us faster than a speeding arrow. Now... Before we all head to the fancy party, uh, let me start by saying our very own Kingpin and fellow host, Kevin the Hawkman Hudson, he's not available this week because he's stuck down a rabbit hole after ingesting a red pill. So instead, let me introduce you to, well, a, a partner that I'm incredibly proud of. He's a straight shooter whose aim with a camera is right on target. He's Justin Lawrence. Hey, hey, it's going good. It's going good. (laughs) Good, Uh, good. I was was gonna say Merry Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve. Yes, for us, I guess Christmas Eve, Eve, the Eve of Christmas Eve of the Christmas Eve, the Eve of it. We're a few Eves away. I don't know. I was was trying to say, I was trying to find my my best Hawaiian shirt to wear for today's podcast, but yeah, man, apparently every. Everyone needs a good Hawaiian shirt. I, I, under that their outfit white was suit. just like it was interesting. It was interesting. It looked like he was about ready to hit the cruise, right? So I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure what was going on. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get into uh, get into that. Um, listen, we've got the the episode is the longest episode uh, of this series. So enough uh, simping, you know, sipping on champagne. Let's let's get into the the final. Let's get into the plot for the final time this season. Uh, so our episode starts. Wasting no time getting right to seeing Wilson Fisk Kingpin uh, meet with Kate's mom as she mentions that she, quote unquote, handled Armand uh, and that Jack, her fiance, is taking the fall for Sloan. But she draws the line when it comes to her daughter and she tells Kingpin she's done with uh, with working with him. She tells him no. Um, so before we we talk about Kingpin. This is it. We got the confirmation that Eleanor was the one who took out Armand. Um, you know, maybe she killed him. I, I don't know. We we got some of those hints in the, you know, sort of earlier episodes in the season that she was kind of nimble. She had sort of, a, you know, I think you called it with the, the whole aspect of like when she flips the fruit or something or the carrot stick into her mouth, right? And so, you know, do you think she actually killed Armand here? Like, is that I don't know. what we're I, I was, inferring? Or? I was thinking after like, I think we all had this sus- suspicion of this, though, right? We we all knew yeah. the game that they were that they were playing. So I don't think I was terribly surprised by this scene, nor was I obviously yeah. surprised with who she was interacting with and and uh, the relation as to why she she had to handle Armand was because of her business with with uh, the kingpin. What did intrigue yeah. me is obviously the um, massive amounts of debt that obviously you know going back to the first episode. Uh, where we see Kate uh, in 2012 with her parents and understanding that obviously that fight that had happened between Eleanor and and, uh, Kate's father, you know, this is where it started is with the kingpin. Right. So that's how long he's been in the game, which is which lines up with Daredevil. 
because he does showed it, up. Okay, I was going to yeah. ask that. I'm like, does it actually line up with sort of the timeline there? Because I guess then he's been doing this for for quite some time. Because in Daredevil, was, I mean, in Daredevil New he was, low, happened, he was right? pretty low key. In season one, he obviously exploits the events of New York to benefit his his own business and grows exponentially. So again, the big question mark here is how much of, of the Daredevil series really does come into the fold of the, of the MCU. So if we are to go off right. of that... I, I want to just say the balls on Eleanor to say no to Wilson Fisk is pretty ballsy. I mean, listen, that's probably the most impressive thing her character did all season, unfortunately, was was that conversation. I, I will say I did, I did find the whole aspect with Jack to be pretty underwhelming you know he just he wasn't what he was just dumb is that what we're going off of or was he actually involved right and I think they kind of um they dropped the ball a little bit on that reveal um but listen let's let's continue here the the aforementioned scene is watched by Kate and Clint in Grill's apartment and after freaking out about it Kate tells Clint to go home and he responds to her by telling her she's his partner and that her mess is his mess uh, and he's not going anywhere until this is finished. Then we get to see Maya and Fisk interacting as she tells him she needs some time off and that uh, she'll stop chasing the ghosts that she's she's chasing. Uh, before she leaves, Fisk tells Fisk tells Maya that he loves her, and she responds with the same. After she leaves, he tells Kazi that the people of this city need to be reminded that the city belongs to him. So, Justin, let's talk about D'Onofrio as Kingpin in the MCU. Like... <laughs> Like absolutely stellar. He's yeah. he's just as good as he always was. Yeah. Um, I think the 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 you know I'm glad they they sort of kept him in his daredevil form. I know we're, we had some speculation. I know Darcy had some speculation that they would maybe make him into a bit of a a bigger. I think that maybe was more I think that comic was me, accurate. I, I was oh, saying yeah. okay. that uh, there was rumors that he was going to be enhanced uh, prosthetically mm-hmm. to just make him have a bit more of a stature. But again, I, I'm glad that they didn't go down that route and, and they kept him the way he is because he is dominating. He is towering over over yeah. people. So I'm glad that they kept him the way he was. And, and again, this this sort of balance that D'Onofrio finds between like crazy madman and mob boss uh, with a plan, there's just such a finesse to his character. There's such a, yeah. a depth to it that feels... Uh, very much like this entire show, very authentic. Um, yeah, you know, he put two and two together about you know really reading through Maya and understanding yeah. that you know she had flipped. You know, she's she's no longer on their she was side. Gone. So yeah, you know, she's got to. And, and I with. think that was, I think him saying "I love you" was more him saying goodbye yeah. than actually saying you know "I love you." And you know, she was his uncle, so to speak. But um, I also want to just shout out the 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 incredible sound work like kudos to the sound engineers and the direction behind these decisions with his character and you know obviously the footsteps the booming footsteps is a little bit cheesy but the moment where he says uh he says the line this city belongs to me right and they add that extra bass onto the line i just thought it was so cool and it was just such a cool way to sort of almost help us like hear his size other than his footsteps right it was a little more subtle way to do that and he was like oh he's so good He's so good. Yeah, he's so good. Um, okay, so Clint informs Kate that they'll need a, a whole batch of way too dangerous trick arrows. Uh, and then we get this really great, you know, sort of cheesy montage scene of them building all the arrows, putting them all together, labeling them with a label maker. Uh, and then we get this really sort of poignant moment between Kate and Clint where she tells him about the day, the first day that she ever saw him. And 
first off, I just want to say the montage of the trick arrows totally reminded me of a Christmas movie of Home Alone. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Like that was the Home Alone I, moment. I was, They're preparing yeah. for the wet bandits. Well, there's like, a couple Christmas movie moments. You know, one people will arguably say, I, I totally agree with you. This was very much the Home Alone. I think I read that somewhere yeah. else too. Uh, after that someone had pointed out there's a very Home Alone-esque vibe, and I, I think that's... Yeah. Even the sound, the music. Yeah, and the right? cheer, the sort yeah. of cheerful playfulness uh, that was juxtaposed with some of these action moments, too, was was very home alone um but yeah, yeah i t- i totally i totally dug that you know you know especially her reaction of like oh, finally is it is it time it's <laughs> yeah, kind of like it's so kind of like a kid on christmas day right getting to yeah. open their presents yeah well she's the vessel for the audience right 100%. in a lot of these scenes right and especially as a fan of hawkeye and finally getting to take advantage of putting together these these trick arrows and getting more of these trick arrows i i did love the scene afterwards where you know, it's it's just so lovely how they they still manage to fit these these moments in there, and we get this sort of uh, moment where she reminds him that you know it's not superpowers that make him a hero. It's it's almost like his lack of superpowers that makes him you know yes. the bravest Avenger. And I think it really hits that beat. You know that kind of she's been trying to hit all season for him in explaining that he is. Uh, you know, a significant uh, person to her. He, she, he is an inspiration to her, right? And I think her talking about that that moment and the significance for her of seeing him and how that inspired her, I just thought that was so well done to sort of, you know, th- there's all these sort of um, aspects to these narratives and that was one of the ways they were able to close out that conversation. 100%. That's, so well. that's, that's what that moment felt like. You know, a very small yeah. underlining uh, narrative story that runs throughout the entire season that gets that closure she finally gets to address the fact that hawkeye is her idol to clint mm-hmm. and he now gets to hear that and really understand it after going through everything that they've gone through and also seeing yeah. her development like seeing how good she really is and knowing yeah. that he played a part in bringing the greatness out of her i think for a moment it gave time to reflect on what yeah. his what his uh, value is really he appreciates himself right so which he should he, you know he he's should, amazing yeah, yeah. You know, uh, then we get to the uh, the big fancy Christmas party. You got your suit on. Put your make sure you button the top button there, Justin. It's loose. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and we see all the players in place, including the LARPers, yeah, which were incredible. We got Yelena, Jack, and Eleanor all in the building. Uh, and after Kaze, like, basically just instantly starts opening fire on Clint, uh, we see the place cleared out thanks to the, the LARPers of New York uh, as Clint finds the nearest window to take out Kaze. Uh, and Kate is confronted once again by Yelena en route to kill Clint. They they battle it out through through the building, uh, and then Yelena finally has her shot. She takes her shot at Clint, and she misses. Um, I loved all almost like so much of this was so well done. It was the heist sort of vibes that I was getting from it. The Larpers, you know, really being cops in this moment too. Like they're 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 people of of the. You know, the, the government, or they're, yeah. they're, they're authority figures, right? They're so FOH, to see them, man. They're friends of Hawkeye. Friends of Hawkeye. There we go. But but to see them, you know, to see, you know, Wendy in that moment where she's like, everybody get down. And she's, you know, she's not scared. She she's she knows what to do in this moment. And I think that was a really cool way to highlight them. But I also, the banter, dude. The banter between Kate and Yelena. Like, it's, it's, they're going to uh, become best friends, dude. Like, yeah. stop making me like you. Like, it's so. No, I think they're, I think they're good. laying a lot of amazing groundwork for their future, right? Like, that banter was, was awesome and, and it was very playful. Very excited to see what, what the future holds for Yelena and Kate. Yeah. And it didn't come across as, 
as cheesy. It came across as so authentic, and I, I think that's a big part of this show is its authenticity. And I think the 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 moments between them, you know, it almost felt as though when you're watching it, like you're like, oh, Kate knows that Elaine is not a bad person. Yeah, of course. You know what she I mean? Like it. Kate can tell she gets it, yeah. uh, even though she's about to try and kill. Uh, her, well, her she doesn't hero, want to step. Mentor. She doesn't want to, and it's funny because she doesn't. At no point in time does she feel the need to assert herself and step in and say, "No, you can't do this." Because I think she knows that if it was her, she'd be doing the same thing. But at the same time, Kate's not even afraid in any way. Like she's like yeah, she the moment back, with the yeah. suit yeah. where she where she points at the suit. <laughs> so good, like oh my gosh, she is just. I'm so enamored with with Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop. Like just her, like pointing at just that look she gives of like. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So then Kate clumsily drops down the building, unlike Yelena, uh, only to be confronted by the tracksuits. And, you know, talking about moments of closure for these characters, we get an update on the relationship status of Tomas. Who knew that Maroon 5 was the middle ground between seeing and not seeing Imagine Dragons? I didn't. I just, ah, oh, so good. Clint has one last showdown with Kazi, where afterwards he falls onto a Christmas tree and shares a moment with an owl. Should it have been a hawk? Or, you know, like, does that, does it make more sense that it's an owl in New York? I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I thought it was, it was a bit strange. I think this was yeah. the only... It was for the payoff the, of the joke Exactly. Later, right? the, yeah. the payoff of the joke with the, with the little van. Uh, that was nice. I think that plays a lot better but i don't think i needed to be like introduced to the bird then to see it i think the bird could have just flown in and picked it up and i would have laughed just like i laughed sure just as much um yeah so i i don't know what they were going for but it was cute it was super cute it actually felt very like cartoony right just of yeah uh, it was very animated yeah yeah yeah, it like almost like as if it had like a certain like face like yeah the big eyes with the like night it's like oh you're cute yeah well, maybe we'll get a plushy one. Day. But that fight scene, um, that again, that fight scene though with Kazi and and oh, yeah. Clint was they gave an opportunity throughout all of the action that goes through to bring these characters together. And I think Kazi and Clint going at it was something that hasn't been seen yet. You know, they do have a history in the comics, so yeah. I mean, even but even in the show, right? You, you've got all that tension between them, where every single moment Clint has been, uh, you know, one step above. Kazi and even up until this moment when he shoots the arrow he's one step in front of him and and this is the moment you know you hear him say like I've been waiting for this like this is going to be fun or something like that Um, and then we see Maya pack up uh, and then we get that awesome scene with the LARPers of New York in full costume they're realizing nobody's listening to them as normal people so they put on their costume they become true heroes and they're fighting the the tracksuit mafia and they're saving civilians I totally called this, by the way. I just, you know, while we're counting the yeah. arrows in the yeah. bullseye, I totally called this moment, yeah. and I was so happy to see it. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I think uh, it gives them a good payoff for for right. for some otherwise very uh, shoehorned scenes throughout the season. So yeah, it was it was a good it was a good sort of closure for them as well, right? Um, and then you know, Hawkeye escapes the tree uh, onto the skating rink, and then we see yet another incredible display of teamwork and trick arrows. Um, So again, like, you know, Kate and Clint dropping some dope trick arrows. Were any of those, did any of those arrows uh, stick out to you at all? 
The magnetic one was really cool. I thought that was that, that was, was a lot of fun. Too, it played yeah. up with the Christmas vibes as well, just uh, in terms of like the lighting decor, if you will. Sure, um, yeah. <laughs> I liked I liked the Pim one was fantastic, and yeah. that joke was a huge huge hit. Imagine that thing went huge, it would have crushed them and killed them, right? Oh my so, gosh! <laughs> thankfully, it was would've the one terrifying. that made it small. Uh, yeah, she grabbed it. I was like, oh, it's the red one. Okay, like I literally screamed at my TV and. Yeah. Uh, it would have been crazy though if if they had a blue one and they shot the the owl instead and they, <laughs> just a giant owl well, that flying in. Cool. That would be they, and they could have done like a Dungeons and Dragons joke and be like dragons are real There's or something. A giant I don't know. owl over New York <laughs> swings Spider Man into the scene to help. Yes, let's go. Um, <laughs> but um, I do want to just say like the 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 moment with the owl picking up the truck. It's that's. I mean, I love how he's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta ask um, Scott about. I that. gotta ask Scott about that one or whatever, right? But, 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 dude, like that's terrifying. Like those guys are gonna be eaten alive. Like, yeah. that's <laughs> horrifying. Like that's I, that was a little much for me. I was like, there's been some brutal stuff in well, the that's, MCU. That's, but I that's think that's like the 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 dark the dark humor aspect of that joke. I think so. Yeah. Um, okay, and then so. This sort of next one uh, area of the episode, they did a really good job of sort of jumping between these three conflicts. So I think for us, what we're going to do is we'll just focus on one at a time, if that's cool, even though they they jump from scene to scene, just because that way we don't have to jump through it. And, you know, um, we kind of get the the final confrontation between Clint and Yelena, Maya and Kazi, and Kate and Fisk and, and, and Eleanor. So let's go over each one. We're going to start with Maya and Kazi. Uh, Justin, what did you think of these? final moments um i think it, again it gives closure to to these characters they seem like they've they've they were closer than than we actually were able to see uh you know the fact that he sure. knew to speak in sign language to her uh he was yeah. a bit of a translator obviously for 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 most situations um i i think that was one of the more underplayed character dynamics and it still had emotional resonance with it of just yeah. how tough it was for for her to have to bring herself to you know kill him right and I'll say this is this is Froffy's best performance all season when he's when he's like, you know, this is my life and it was never meant to be yours like that. That was so well done and it really worked for me. I think um, I love how the scene mirrored the death of her dad, you know, when she's holding him in his hands. She, he even puts his hand on her face. I was I was I was kind of happy they didn't do the blood mark again because that was very much a callback to the the comics, but like that was already done. So I'm glad they didn't just, you know, do it again. I think that would have been a bit cheesy. So I think that was great. And I, I love, did you notice the only line he didn't speak where he just used ASL was, I can't walk in both worlds. And I just thought that was so well written for, for them to sort of direct the character that way. And yeah, I think that was some, uh, best acting from Froffy. Um, but I think we got little hints of it throughout. I, I wasn't actually underwhelmed by him at all i think he just wasn't necessarily as you is the more important part that he played his his dynamic with mine yeah and 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 protecting her right kind of being more of a protector to her than her uncle ever was really yeah and she she um, recognizes that yeah. that's why she went there yeah. to save him right. um let's talk about uh her uncle and and kate and you know that man took an arrow to the chest like it was a Nerf bullet, Justin. And like, he ripped off the car door. Like he's, he ripped off the car like it, door. We dude. never saw that level of of strength and brutality. The Daredevil series did a really great job of trying to make Fisk a little bit more real, 
right? Human. In, in the sense yeah. of like human. Yeah. Uh, he's not somehow like super, super strong. But I think mm-hmm. Marvel sort of might be leaning in that direction. Cause do you think it has anything to do with super super soldier serum? Do you think we have any juice floating around? Maybe. Do you think that's a possibility? That is a possibility, and that that could be yeah. an interesting way in which they tie his character to the MCU and to the power broker. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. To, uh, to yeah. any of that, that actually could could very well be a, a very good point. Because if uh, yeah. Man. You know, she's trading in super soldier formula. Maybe she gives some to uh, to Fisk. That's a good idea. I, like I mean, that. he's the he's the kingpin. Yeah, you know, he he's going to get his he, hands. He, he on doesn't want stuff. anyone protecting him. That you know, he can protect right. himself. Right. So yeah, man. And I think I think the uh, the coin, the fact that they managed to utilize that coin flip with his specifically with his cufflink, cuff if you noticed, yeah. which is so awesome because that's such an integral part to his character. So yeah. for that to be the thing that takes him out, um, it was such a David versus Goliath moment, and. Uh, I was just so stoked to see Kate get the upper hand on on Wilson Fitz. Yeah, right? yeah, it was, was it was it's a good comparison, David and Goliath. Uh, her mom's going to jail now, so yeah. do we see her again? Yeah, I think we see her again. I, I really don't yeah. know what what the future is for this series, and and you know if a season two is going to happen, maybe after Echo. Um, mm. You know, again, it's it's not immediate, but again, I, I think her character can come back, and I think she has some skin in the game. Meaning yeah. that, you know, she she has some involvement. And I think that, you know, again, Val is obviously involved in this, um, which is just even interesting to think about how a character like Val, played by Julia Louise Dreyfus, is going to is gonna yeah. go up against someone like Wilson Fisk uh, right. alone, right? So just, I hope she slaps him in the face or something. Like, <laughs> Willie! You know what I mean? <laughs> just calls yeah, him yeah. Willie. <laughs> yeah, just calls him Willie, and he's like, that's not my name yeah. or something, yeah. Um, so good. But- Again, I think I think we'll see her come back if there is a season two that may stay a little bit more focused on Kate Bishop. Yeah, I think Jack is too in love with Eleanor to let her go. So I think, you know, we talk about people that have money. You know, obviously, uh, Armand the 15th or whatever his name is, his who peed his pants at the Hamptons, by the way, we all remember it. Um, he he His dad bailed out Jack. I'm sure the same dad. So, yeah, so we'll have to wait and see. But let's talk about Clint and Yelena. For Clinton, Elena, you know, we kind of both called this yeah. last week. We talked about this. This is going to be the the you know finally they're 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 ending this uh, mourning basically of Natasha. They're they're coming to terms with it, and I think I think honestly this was the highlight of the episode for myself. Mm-hmm. I think Florence Pugh's performance was incredible. I literally I couldn't stop seeing the the young Elena from from Black Widow in this scene with with her crying and then when she says that she loved her so much like I just kept seeing her little sister and 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 bigger sister and I don't know man I'm just I, that was such a good good moment yeah I again it was the payoff that we wanted yeah. that was more than just this series but it was part of the MC and we get to see two different perspectives have coped with this loss and haven't yeah. dealt with it properly yeah um it's it's the high of the episode from an emotional standpoint of really giving the closure for for Clint because we've seen throughout almost all the episodes him dealing yeah. the loss of Natasha. So I think this was the big closure cap for for the episode and uh yeah, it gave us everything we want. Jeremy Renner is uh, all the other movies that he's done leading up to this series. He hasn't yeah. really been able to showcase his acting chops. I, I think he's had fun with the character Clint Barton, but here he really mm-hmm. showed just just actually giving Clint heart and, and personality that just feels yeah again authentic 
authentic yeah and and it's it's i have to also just shout out the the composer for the for the series uh christoph beck who Christoph. you know him weaving in the the widow theme in that like soft piano that just elevated the moment so well and it's 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 cool how that sort of went from being the theme of that movie to now Yelena's theme yeah right and that's just her character theme and I I love character themes obviously I'm a huge Star Wars fan so um so so good it really hit for me I didn't I didn't I won't I'm not gonna lie I didn't cry like I did in Spider-Man like I you know I was blubbering in Spider-Man but um, but it was still, it really, really worked. And I'm happy to see these, these two characters. I think they're seemingly, they're going to move on from the arc, but I know, you know, obviously Natasha will always be a part of them and it'll, it'll be interesting to see but where they, they take I, them I don't think, here. I don't think they're enemies anymore. And I think that's a big, no. that's going to be the big takeaway just for what their future holds for the MCU, right? Like, yeah. you know, this, this series has done a really good job of making Clint, uh, far more interesting than any of the other movies, like I was mentioning before. So and I know we needed the Black Widow movie to get the gravitas and understanding of Yelena's character for this scene. Mm. But this scene did a better job of saying goodbye to Natasha than that whole movie did. Um, so I, I think this was almost a better sort of goodbye to Natasha's character than, yeah. Um, so we get another moment between Maya and Fisk. Um, but if it's all right, I'm going to save that for our prediction segment. Sure. Okay. So before we dive into that whole thing, that's gonna we're gonna save that to the end. So let's go to those like, the final few scenes. We see Jack speaking to Wendy Conrad or Elsbeth of whatever the the Larper lady, and she discusses her guild with him. Do we see more of her and Jack? Uh, you know, in our episode four Watch Club, we had Alyssa on who dropped the bombshell that Wendy might be bombshell from the comic. So. Do you think this was a setup? Like, they really lingered on this moment a little bit longer of her sort of explaining what LARPing is. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, Jack's character, you said it earlier, he's kind of been written as a bit of a, a goof. A dummy. Yeah, a goofy. Yeah, and, and, I, and I feel like the fact that he yeah. finds some sort of connectivity with LARPers only <laughs> solidifies that, like, he's not being taken seriously. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, like... If the LARPers come back and the FOH come back in whatever is a future yeah. Hawkeye series, then I, I see. I think we will see Jack Duquesne. I think he he yeah. regardless he is a part of Kate Bishop's life. So yes, you know he'll yeah, be for back. sure. I, I think I you know Tony Dalton is just so excellent as that character, and he does such a good job. I think the 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 result of where they put his character in this final episode, I think only makes it how he acted in the previous episodes even more disappointing and i think the reason that you liked him so much in this episode is because we're we're given the go-ahead he's a good guy so we're allowed to like him and so he's sure now his goofiness is likable um i do think though like the whole aspect of the swordsman and bombshell i think i think as marvel fans we might need to start getting used to the ideas that we won't get exactly what's in the comics here. You know, they didn't do that with Kazi, and I think that's for the better for his character. Um, and and with the swordsman, we might not actually get to see these. Maybe there's just that scene with him with the sword was the swordsman, and that's all we're really going to get in the MCU. So maybe maybe we have to sort of temper our expectations on some of that. As fun as it is to sort of imagine, like you know, the swordsman leading a group of LARPers as superheroes well, or supervillains. I don't know. I think well, I think he, I, I, but I wonder if Jack Duquesne finds his ability to become a hero after seeing Kate and now being right. a part of LARPers, like he suddenly becomes like this, this other 
sort of character yeah. where he's he kind of personifies himself as a swordsman. Again, it sounds like a joke. It does it doesn't take the character actually seriously. But, but maybe that's where they're necessarily, going. That's where they maybe yeah. that's where they need to go though. Yeah. Right? Like you're saying. Speaking of taking things way too seriously, I loved hearing Orville say, We're essentially Avengers now. So like in the cops <laughs> when they're interviewing, he's like, Yeah, we're essentially Avengers. So I just oh, I just love the idea that he's just gotten that in his head and he thinks he's a full on Avenger. Um we see a touching moment where Clint tells Kate uh he's so proud of her, which that had to be so incredible for Kate to hear that directly from her hero. So um, then we get to see what Clint and all of us really have been waiting for for this entire show, which is him keeping his promise to his daughter and actually showing up for Christmas, this time with a few strays. Um, we get the reveal, let's talk about this, of the watch. Uh, and it did actually belong to Laura after all, like the whole internet <laughs> sort of pointed out. So she was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess. Yes, of course she was. She was. She was an agent. She she was Agent Nineteen, okay, which is Mockingbird, which yeah. everyone had astutely Predicted, called, yeah. Uh, yeah. including Alyssa, yeah, uh, you know, from her sleuthing of 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 the online, yeah, and yeah, it's it is it is pretty apparent. It's the, that's the one thing that about this series is that there were some pretty obvious obvious hints that mm-hmm. actually materialize. For example, Kingpin. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, obvious things, and and it it didn't Nate Fisto uh, into into any sort <laughs> into of anything crazy, into yeah. anything crazy, or yeah. just not being anything at all. Right. Yeah. So. And I kind of like I honestly that's a bit refreshing after all the series that we've had. As much as well, again, I love being sure. on the 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 Mephisto trains, but um, you know, even the thing with with pizza, you know, pizza dog um, being named Lucky right at the tail end in a part of eight, like it's an ADR line that just was thrown in there. Like it was a little underwhelming. I do. I wanted more Lucky in general. I don't think we got enough of that dog, but, um, you know, just a reminder that they needed to walk him all the time. Right. (laughs) That was it, which was a good kind of kind of funny callback. Um, We end with a, a sort of a wonderful moment with a Ronin suit barbecue. Um, which I'm just like, why do you ruin a perfectly good barbecue like that? But whatever. Um, <laughs> followed by Kate coming up with her name. Uh, and she has a few sort of terrible, I think one of them's like Hawk Eve. Um, I liked Lady actually Hawk. like, yeah, I liked Hawk Shot. I thought that was actually really good. Um, uh, but Clint disagrees. <laughs> that's an awful name. That no. is an awful name. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and he tells her that he has a different idea. And boom, the title, title pops card. up. Yeah. Suggesting obviously she'll be Hawkeye. Um, So then we get that after credits. Justin, were you happy with the Christmas present that Marvel gave you with this four minute song from Rogers the Musical? No. So, okay. No. We were were talking about this before. And I think as a fan on the outside of the MCU, I appreciate the parody qualities of it 100%. Mm -hmm. But when I watch these shows, I do put myself in that MCU mindset. And for me, it's just a re- so to see it, I think it's more of a tool to show how people are so disconnected mm. from from actually these events of what happened in the MCU world that now they've evolved to a point where it's like they can they can make light of the situation. So I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just it's weird. It, it, I, mean, I get the, keep in mind, I get the fun quality, full, though. We haven't watched the full musical, Justin. You don't know. There might be a reason. It's about Rogers. hundred percent. It's the like story that. about Rogers. Yeah. It's not a story about. Yeah. The twenty, the events of twenty twelve. So what they're doing right. is they're they're telling us a story about that it. portion, yeah. right? So yeah. I I totally I, understand that, mm-hmm. but I think the reason why we're seeing that part 
got to think in this series we saw it again in the, in the first episode right in the first episode yeah. we saw kate's life change forever change mm-hmm. after the events of 2012 to a play that's celebrating captain america and the avengers yeah. and yeah. making light of this it's not yeah. the same for everyone and i i know everything these heroes do is going to be wrapped around some awful t- terrible things that are happening outside of the the frame right but but the the fact that it was wrapped up in a christmas present like this was just marvel saying like here you go like you can have this have fun yeah um I, so this brings us to to the end of our episode but it also brings us to our prediction segment which we call hit me with your best shot where we shoot our final prediction arrows uh for this scene uh and these characters so justin um you know i wanted to sort of bring up that final moment with maya and fisk where we see her pull out a gun and off screen we hear that gunshot is fisk dead justin i feel like a lot of people watching this are gonna be like they brought him back and they just killed him yeah, off twitter again. blew up all over that and like oh, people were no. reacting and like you know i think it was uh early on when people were that fisk was going to be in this series they were posting this comic yeah. book panel that had maya facing off against fisk with just a gun and him mm-hmm. trying to talk her down and i feel yeah. like this this is reminiscent of that right like this series yeah. has done a really good job of actually doing some comic callbacks, right? Like even mm-hmm. Fisk's outfit is actually, I believe, from a Spider-Man comic. Um, okay. So I think With that the Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, the Hawaiian shirt. So it yeah, <laughs> it does have relevance. It just seems really odd fitting for like the holiday. It does look like he's about ready to leave the country and like jump on a cruise and say bye bye maybe to New York maybe. for the holidays. Yeah. Um, I'm going. I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Then yeah. they wouldn't have gone through all this effort to introduce this character only to him off we didn't see it there's no uh, cap towards the end of this episode of you know the body of wilson fisk was found in an alley right and so yeah uh, the reality is is that i think he's still alive um i think that there's going to be more and i think maybe maybe maya thinks that she has uh taken him out but i don't think he's gone i think he's going to chase her down yeah i like so i think that he's gonna he's that's gonna be um a big part of of her series uh, when we totally. when we move forward. So I think that's going to be really right. interesting. Okay, I got I got I got to I yeah. just got to fire talk your about shot, this. bro. So hey, my, my arrow is throughout the entire episode. D'Onofrio's face kept doing this twitching thing, and either that's some incredible acting, or he's just got an actual twitch. I don't know if, if D'Onofrio has a twitch or something, but it was so well done. You, you just imagine he's kind of like this barrel of explosives ready to blow at any moment and he just it's so subtle it's just under his eye is twitching and so i think that was purposeful it's on the right side of his face she has the gun in the in her right hand and i think this the twitching was a was foreshadowing um you know you hear the line you know he says family doesn't always see eye to eye and then they pan away and they shoot and you were talking about the whole aspect of this show sort of really giving into these sort of cheesy moments, giving into these really sort of um, foreshadowed moments. And I think, yeah, I think that's exactly it. Eye to eye. I think she shoots him in the eye and she shoots his eye out. And I think you're right. I think she thinks he's dead, but he just gets back up and he just doesn't have an eye going forward. I think that could be it. Or the only other thing I was thinking was another two other ways she could injure him. She could maybe she shoots near his ears and she deafens him, which I think would be really interesting. Or she shoots him in a way that injures his spine. 
and he has to become like this really like would then we get the comic book hunchback version of Kingpin. I don't know. Do you think any of those have any ground? I like the like, idea I, of the 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 eye. I just feel like it's it's yeah. scene is really interesting just because I don't think it was necessary. Like they already set it up enough that like, you know, she got Kazi, but you know, Kingpin was next. And that could have been what the series is about. It's going on the on the basis of potentially, you know, he's after her. That's kind of interesting, but I just obviously a purpose to it. We know it's MCU, it's Marvel. There's yeah. there's there's yep. a purpose to it. So, uh I I look forward to seeing what that purpose is because right now I'm I don't I'm like 50-50 on it in the sense I'm excited to see what they're going to do. But I just don't know if yeah. I like a robotic eye. Or, I'm not sure what they're going to do with that. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to find out in Echo. I'm so stoked for that. Yeah. So, uh so I think that's where they continue that storyline. So, um okay, do you have any other predictions before we we wrap up or I'm just trying to think of Well, I I think the other thing too is is predicting if this show gets a season 2. Um Right? I think it will, but it like I just don't know if it's going to be Hawkeye season two. Um, I, I like the idea that not everything needs a season two, but we could yeah. see these characters again because it's the MCU, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. I think Loki's very specific because of where it's dealing with. Here I feel like it would be great to see Kate Bishop maybe show up in Echo, and then maybe yes. after Echo we get a Kate Bishop show, right? That's you know sure. something different. Or I mean, I mean that could even be Hawkeye season two because she will be Hawkeye by that point. But I think I think you're right. I think to see these this character to see Kate Bishop specifically maybe scaled back, much like how Echo was in this season. It wasn't focused fully on Echo. It was full, focused more on Kate and and her relationship with Clint. And so I think. Yeah, if you do Echo, but then you've got Kate in the same sort of positioning as Echo was in this series, I think that would be really, really a smart way to continue that and and to sort of just give us a little bit more closure between her and and Clint. I think would be nice. I think I think it would be really great to see where they sort of um, end off. So let's get into our overall thoughts and final score. Um, which for this episode we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five Hawkeyes and the season. Uh, we're going to rate on a scale of one to five bishops. So, Justin, take it away. So, yeah, so let's get to that final score, which for this episode, we'll be rating on a scale of one to five kingpins. Uh, and for the for the entire season, we're going to rate it on a scale of one to five bishops. I thought that was kind Ooh, of like a checkmate. A chess. Checkmate, yes, exactly. my friend. There you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Justin, you go first, my friend. I got to say, this episode feels like an early Christmas gift uh, with a great close to what is a first season. For It's filled with action, heart, and Christmas goodness. Uh, it gives closure to so much that was established yeah. throughout the season in different ways while also leaving the door wide open, as always, for future mm-hmm. stories. Um, a bulk of this is really done in separating the characters into three conflicts, allowing each character to shine and grow in in some way. And at the same time, this whole divide and conquer mentality really does seem to bring Kate and Clint closer together Yeah. uh, to the point where she's spending Christmas with him at the end. Like I thought that was just such a great way to wrap up this Christmas theme story is, you know, he brings in some strays, right? I just, I love that. So So cute. Um, I loved seeing D'Onofrio as we were talking, uh, Return as the Kingpin, uh, much like Spider-Man No Way Home, we got more time with this character than anticipated, but, uh, I believe the best is yet to come. I am intrigued with, uh, with why they would introduce him in one episode while also killing him or 
subsequently deking us out. Uh, mm-hmm. It just makes me interested to know where they're going with his character and what direction they're kind of moving in. Yelena um, and Clint, you already called it the emotional closure over the loss of Natasha was awesome. It helped really remind us of of the authenticity, the honesty of this series and and keeping it very grounded. I'm glad we got that closure. And as for everything else, you know, they just they just put a bow on everything. Even the LARPers got their time to shine. So I think that episode did such a good job of just wrapping things up. And for that reason, I am going to give it a 4.5 out of 5 kingpins. I pointed out some some story things and some some weird choices that were made, but those were passable. And I'll I'll get into that uh, as I wrap up for the series. Because for the series, this is probably one of the most consistent Marvel series uh, in yeah. the past year of MCU goodness. And I'm talking movies and TV series. Okay, we've gone mm. to some wild places in 2021 in the MCU, starting with WandaVision. This mm-hmm. final series of 2021, uh, really, Marvel does hit the mark of being uh, on the real human side of the MCU and it feels grounded. It feels real in terms of emotions and and feelings and themes of grief and loss, vengeance, the effect of what it means to be an Avenger. With all the groundwork established for Hawkeye's character and past MCU content, this series is the perfect reminder of the fact that he is not a superhero, but a man with skills. And they frame this so well with other characters like Kate and Maya. And speaking of Kate and Maya, Haley Seinfeld, Quick Cox, fantastic additions to the MCU. With Florence Pugh in the mix as well, seeing her and Kate banter, it just excites me for their future moving into, uh, you know, what will be the future MCU uh, dynamic duo, if if you ask me. Uh, The intro of Kingpin, already mentioned, called it, everyone called it, the the hints were very obvious, and and, and I'm glad that it didn't, didn't, you know, Nate Fisto, and it actually came to fruition. Uh, I'll be interested <laughs> yeah. to see him again. Uh, and D'Onofrio, obviously, being that character, just bravo. But again, Jeremy oh. Renner, really, he brought his acting chops. He gave some some emotional depth to Clint Barton, more so than any past installments of, of MCU movies. Um, as I mentioned, there were some odd narrative choices throughout the series. Pacing was a bit odd per episode. Small things felt untidied and, and a bit sloppy. But by all standards, though, it really didn't affect my score per episode. And and there were so many more positives that outweighed the negatives as every episode just striked a balance of, of drama, humor, action, and Christmas glee. You know, the show is a solid example of the real stories that... that that can still be told in the MCU that don't involve multiversal elements or galactical threats, but can be action-packed, heartfelt, Christmas-inspired, and a hero's journey that feels honest, authentic, and personal, and serves as a reminder of just how big the MCU really is. I'm giving this series a 5 out of 5 bishops. I fucking love it. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, interesting. Okay, I, I'm I'm kind of on the same page. I mean, it feels like you just you read my my final thoughts because <laughs> I literally have words like bow and and <laughs> other stuff written down hey, here. Man, in I've learned presents. from you to incorporate Apparently. some Christmas puns or puns in general. Yeah, so. puns in general. Yeah. Um, this episode for me was was really 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 good. I think. 
coming off of Spider-Man No Way Home, it's really tough to come into this and not get every single fan moment, you know, like getting a better payoff with Jack, like we discussed, getting a better, getting more of Lucky the pizza dog, getting a payoff with that character. But, but overall, I think this episode does a great job, like you said, closing out these narratives, jumping between these moments with these characters in a way that was paced so much better than in some of the previous episodes. I think they, they nailed the pacing, jumping between the, the major conflicts in the final act and, you know, time flies through these action moments, but the but the the showrunners do such a good job of still finding these little pockets of moments to give us this really beautiful and deep sort of character growth between these characters in these little conversations that they have. Um, and I still I really love that moment. I think it's probably my favorite moment with Kate in the episode when she does tell him her story uh, of of him inspiring her. Um, you know, I. I <laughs> I know that the the episode doesn't really. It, I don't think it leaves us with any sort of mind blowing reveal or cliffhanger. But honestly, it doesn't need it. It's kind of, <laughs> no, and it's kind of refreshing. I, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Again, we talk about the show being so grounded and so set in reality. That's fine. If we don't have this big giant massive, oh my gosh, at the end, that's okay. And I think I think it's just sort of. You know, they wrapped up the miniseries uh, with a bow and they said, Merry Christmas. Um, so I'm feeling really festive, Justin, and really happy with this finale. So I'm actually going to give this finale five out of five kingpins. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I, I dug it. Now, for the series, I'm a little bit, um, I might be a little bit lesser than you for, for, for this one. I Just a little bit. I think overall the show does a, a really phenomenal job, just like all these Marvel shows, of taking a character that really wasn't that loved before and elevating them so much, um, while at the same time introducing us to his replacement with Kate. I think they they just did such a good job. If if this is the send off for Clint Barton, this was great. This was so lovely, and and I hope we we get to see more of her and her mentor, but. You know, to see her and and the way she reacted to him throughout the series and the way he sort of grew throughout the series as well, um, I do hope we get a little bit more before they part ways forever. Um, But I think the show also does such a good job of highlighting the, you know, Marvel's second deaf character uh, in the MCU Mm -hmm. with with grace, you know, with a way that is not it's 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 done so with strength, with strength, her her differences are looked at as strengths. Absolutely. And that's that's how they should be looked at. And I 100%. think that's how more people in this world need to look at them. And I think this show does a great job. And again, a lot of people look at this pop culture stuff like we do because we're big geeks as as inspiration for how we should live our live our lives in a lot of ways. And I I'm really stoked that they, they were able to to highlight that. And I think they're going to you know, going forward with Echo, I think they're going to really, really do that a, a wonderful service as well. And um, I just think the show does such a great job of balancing you know, Kate's origin story while mirroring Echo's origin story. We talked a little bit about this in some of our other episodes. I think the episode was called Echoes. And and so it just does such a good job of actually showing how close they actually are together and, and their experiences. I do think, though, that this show, the, the, or sorry, this season um, does have one major dip in its fourth episode. It slows down a bit too much for my liking uh, and then, and then the fifth episode is just messy. I do really think it's very messy, and they they kind of go all over the place more than I wanted to with their pacing uh, and their scene breaks. But I'm just so satisfied with what we got. I want more echo. I want more Fisk. And I, I hopefully, I, I thought 
we better get more pizza dog. I want more pizza dog. Um, so because I want more pizza dog, uh, <laughs> I'm going to give this series, uh, and for the other reasons I talked about, a really, really high four and a half out of five bishops. All right. That is it for this week and for this watch club. Justin, we made it. We made, we made it. it through another watch club. I know. It's crazy. It's, it, I mean, it's only six episodes, so that's, that's yeah. fine. We got another one uh, coming, though. I, right? We'll, we'll get to it. We'll, we hope you enjoyed this Watch Club. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. Uh, and if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, listen, let me, uh, let me reach into my quiver here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot this Pim Tech Arrow over to my trusty partner, and uh, he can tell you how, how we can reach us. Here, let me get... Well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. They can also reach out to us on Twitter at GeekcentricYT or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Oh, thank God. Oh, my gosh. Are you okay? That was scary. Uh, <laughs> keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now, including our spoiler-free reviews for Don't Look Up and The Kingsman, as well as uh, we've got our Spider-Man rewatch episodes. So if you haven't gotten all the way into the latest Spider-Man or you want to revisit those older Spider-Mans now that you've seen Spider-Man No Way Home, check those out. We talk about Toby and Garfield, uh, and then we have another episode centered around our beloved Tom Holland Spider-Man. And then we also have our spoiler-filled review and reaction for Spider-Man No Way Home. It's a great thing to listen to if you love these watch clubs. It very much feels like a watch club for Spider-Man No Way Home where we just give all of our thoughts on all those amazing fan moments. So definitely check that out. Uh, we're going to be a bit delayed with our Matrix coverage. Um, so just with the holidays and Kevin taking that red pill, I hope he comes back at some point. Um, we'll be back for sure. And we are going to be having our next watch club, as Justin pointed out, for the book of Boba Fett when it releases next week. So please subscribe so you can listen to all that geeky goodness. If this is the last time you're hearing us, though, in 2021, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a very happy holidays with your families uh, in, in whatever holidays you celebrate. And uh, and I hope you have a wonderful New Year as well. Yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry, Merry Geekmas. Merry Geekmas. Let's go. Uh, Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And as we say, good, good boy, boy, pizza, pizza dog. dog.